grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How is everybody? Getting closer to Christmas. Got that countdown going. This is like your own little private advent calendar every night. What we got, like five, six days now, right? <sighs> the crowds, the crowds, oh, the crowds, as the Grinch would say. If I was the Grinch. I'm not the Grinch, though. Anyway, welcome. My name is Charlotte. Welcome to California Haunts Radio. I'll be your host for the next hour or so. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means, da da da, drumroll please, we can get to you no matter where you're at. It may take us an hour or two, but we'll get to you. So uh, look us up on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. I remember, stop and remember this. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, Twitch, and Instagram. You can find us. In fact, on Instagram, we are under my name, which is, or well, my pseudonym, which is Ghosty Gal, all lowercase. That's Ghosty Gal. Twitter, we are Cal Haunts. And over on TikTok, we're California Haunts, and it's all lowercase. So, uh, yeah. And then, of course, on Facebook, we are California Haunts. You can check us out there. Which reminds me, if you're watching tonight and you like what you see in here, please be sure to like and follow the page or the pages that you're watching from here on Facebook. On Facebook. And if you're watching from Twitter, there's a little ghost in the bottom right-hand corner. God, I'm getting really good at that, pointing that guy out. There's a little ghost. It's going to be one of those nights. I can just tell. So far, yeah, the computer's been really bad. Okay, yeah, right there in that bottom right-hand corner, that you click on that, that's our uh, ghostly guy. And the little uh, subscribe thing will come up. And subscribe to our shows. We've got over 450 shows sitting over there. And they're all different topics. I don't just cover paranormal topics. So uh, I think there's a little something over there for everybody. Now, if things could stop going wrong and I stop pushing the wrong buttons, life would be great, right? So anyway, welcome tonight. We've got a great show for you. Um, when I was working as a working journalist, I worked in a, a, a smaller town called Placerville up, up in the Gold Country, at just above, about maybe about 40, 45 miles from where I'm at right now. And all of Main Street in Placerville had ghostly activity, all the buildings, especially the bookstore. There was a particular bookstore that had always constantly had activity. And the funny thing is, the stories go for this bookstore is that the people that worked in there, and this is like, you know, they've had like successive owners, okay? So it's not, not just one bunch of owners that walked into this bookstore, and said, oh, yeah, there's something going on. This is successive owners, like four or five owners in a row that, that, that say there's activity in this bookstore. And I know one of the stories that was circulating in this bookstore that, I, that, that was really prominent was that it used to be, at one time, I, th I think it used to be like a tea room back, back in the 1800s. California, California doesn't go back as far as, like, Maine and places like that. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're still fairly young on, on that scale of, of history. And... So the report is that people would go in to open up the door, you know, in the morning to open the bookstore and they would hear people talking in there and they could hear the jingling of, of like teacups and stuff like that when they walked in. So that's kind of cool, you know? And then there was also a report because Placerville is known as old Hangtown, And that's for obvious reasons why it was known as old Hangtown because there was frontier justice up there. And so they used to say that the hangman used to come in there and visit because there was a report that there was a saloon in behind this place. And I remember we went in there and during our investigation, um, they had some barrels in the back and stuff. We were getting like sounds from that too, like saloon type sounds because it happens to be right next to, um, right next to the, the main hotel in town. So, you know, the, the ghosts are coming back and forth and things like that. But anyway, my guest tonight, Mark Leslie has written a book on haunted on haunted libraries and haunted bookstores. And I'm just curious, you know, to talk to him to find out more details about this. Why do ghosts hang out in libraries? Why do ghosts hang out in bookstores? Is it because some of these bookstores are selling used books, possibly that somebody owned? 
because I read, you know, my on my Sunday reading, there, there was a story about a bookstore and about a ghost that was coming back regularly every Sunday. And this, the, the, the people in this bookstore would, would see this ghost. And, and it turns out it was because of a particular book. And then once they acknowledged that this ghost was coming back for this particular book, it, it was never seen again. So I was, you know, I'm just curious about that. Anyway, I'm going to shut up, bring him in. He can tell you about himself. And he's written stuff about Haunted Hospital. That's one of the TV shows I watch. You know, I don't watch a lot of ghost shows. I watch Haunted Hospitals. I watch Paranormal 911, you know. And uh, that's, those are the kind I watch. So I'm curious about that as well. But let's bring him in and talk to him and see what's happening, okay? All right. Here we go. Good evening. Hey, good evening. How's it going? Good. That was quite the long-winded intro. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> all good. It's all good. <laughs> Tell me about you, sir. I uh, well, I've been uh, fascinated by paranormal stuff and ghosts my entire life. Um, you could probably say I am the world's biggest chicken. I'm uh, scared of the dark. I'm scared of the things that go bump in the dark in the in the night. And uh, and and I guess as I as I grew older, I, I always wrote, and I, and I wrote a lot of horror. Uh, and scary fiction and stuff like that. But uh, <clears throat> I was in Ottawa, Ontario, probably in the early 90s. And uh, I went on a ghost walk, a uh, historic ghost walk. And Ottawa is the nation's capital. And and it's the, you know, the person in the Victorian garb. And they've got the, the cloak and the old lantern. And, and they set the scene and they tell the story. And, and it's this really beautiful, historic, you know, building of the Rideau Canal. And you know, the very first murder that took place on Spark Street with one of the, you know, one of the members of parliament and, uh-huh. and a hanging and then and, and the haunted jail and, and all of these really fascinating stories. So uh, one thing I was never good at in school was history, but I learned to love history through the ghost stories. And it's fascinating because you can't often tell a really good ghost story without digging into the history like where's the ghost from and what what explains these things and so uh, i moved from ottawa to hamilton ontario now hamilton might be considered uh, the steel town of canada kind of like uh, pittsburgh very similar uh, all of the the mining stuff from where i grew up in mid-northern ontario gets you know sent down to hamilton ontario where there are two different steel mills that manufacture stuff and and um I went on the ghost walks there and that kind of led to, um, I met with the, the haunted Hamilton people and I thought, well, this is fascinating because I got to learn about my new adopted city by going on the ghost walks and learning a whole bunch of things like the war of 1812 and a whole bunch of other historical things related to Canada uh, or the history of Canada. And I, and I asked them, I said, Hey, you guys have some great stories. Have you ever thought about, cause I've, I've been a bookseller my whole life. Have you ever thought about writing a book? I think that would sell really well. And they said, well, we're too busy, but we'll give you access to our notes and all of our research if you want. And so I pitched to Canada's largest publisher, Dundurn, uh, a book about ghost stories about Hamilton. And lo and behold, they said, sure. They said, if you can get it to us, and this was like in the early summer, if you can get it to us, um, you know, in the next three weeks, we'll put it in the fall catalog, which is kind of rare for traditional publishing. It's usually, you know, a year or two later. Mm-hmm. So... I hadn't written the book, so I had to take a week off work, <laughs> dig into the research and get that first draft to them right away because I didn't want to miss the opportunity. And that led to a number of books about haunted locations. And of course, the one you were talking about, Tomes of Terror, Haunted Bookstores and Libraries, um, is my real passion because I have been a book nerd my entire life, an absolute uh, diehard book nerd. And mm-hmm. I think the best places in the world are, mm-hmm. um, well, the quote, a room without books is like a body without a soul. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's, um, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, philosopher, um, I'll come up with his name later. <laughs> but it'll come. Um, and anyway, so that was when I did this book, uh, that was a real passion project for me. I was so eager to write about bookstores and libraries and the scary things that may happen uh, in those places if they happen to be haunted. Absolutely. You and I have a lot in common. I've been ghost hunting for almost 20 years. I've been afraid of the dark all my life. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I sleep. I have a light on constantly here. You know what I mean? And you go on ghost walks. They're like you actually go ghost hunting, right? Yeah, you're brave enough to do that. <laughs> I I talk to people like you to write my stories. <laughs> so I'm afraid of the dark. I, you know, to, 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 you know, bumps in the night. Mm -mm, not for me. You know, I'm going okay <laughs> ghost hunting because I'm always with the psychics. You always make sure people always say, "Why you hang with the psychics?" Because they can see things I can't. So I'm good. Yeah. You know. Or if I'm behind the camera filming, you know, with the infrared, I can see everything that's going on. I'm good. But yeah. if I have to sit there in the dark by myself or something, mm -mm, I can't do not that. Gonna no, not going to happen. Not going to happen in my life. It's <laughs> not going to happen. So why do you think ghosts like to hang out in libraries and, and, and bookstores? So one of the things when you think about when you think about a bookstore, you think about a library, think about what a book does. What is a book other than... Um, the infinite possibilities of, of, of the world. Like you open a book, you open a mind. You open a book, you can bring people into all kinds of places. They can learn. They can be inspired. They can be entertained. They can be taken away. I mean, uh, that there's so many things that a book can bring. So if you were to think of a location that is most likely to attract a, a spirit mm -hmm. that is trapped and lingered and, and can't maybe escape this mortal plane. <laughs> Think about where where would be a location that would be so rich with wonder and awe and power mm -hmm. that it may be natural for a spirit to find itself attracted to a place like this. Because when people go into a bookstore, their emotions, I, I mean, again, if, if they're a book nerd like me, Right. They're excited. They're thrilled. There's the possibility, the sense of possibility is just is just waiting to be discovered. And that, I believe, ghosts are often uh, associated. So it depends on what you believe. If you believe that ghosts are the spirits of the departed, that's one theory. But the other one is, are ghosts actually generated from a, a power based on high emotion, high energy, and something that really, like, trauma, joy, any of those really, really high emotions. So you, you think a bookstore has got to be rife for, uh, or a library, right, right for those possibilities. And, and again, we all know, um, you know, the classic scene in Ghostbusters that opens it up, <laughs> right? There's that classic scene of, of the haunted uh, New York Public Library. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I always think too, like, like the way you're describing books and stuff for the people that are into books, it's kind of like nowadays with these younger kids in the internet. You know, yeah. that's where they're getting their info. They get up first thing in the morning. Hey, I need to find out about this. Google, you know, and all this. And that's what we did. Only we went to the library and we were in the encyclopedias. We were doing, you know, all, all these other searches. Yeah. I love books. I, I, I am a book fiend. I, I just love, yeah. I, I can't get enough books, you know. In fact, <laughs> my friend that passed away said, ended up giving me all her paranormal books. I have a whole library of paranormal books now that I still have to read through. You know, oh, with different wow. Wow. and stuff. But uh, yeah, this is fascinating me. And when I heard you on the other show, I just thought it was terrific. You know, to oh, hear somebody you. talk yeah. about this because I have come in. In fact, we have a haunted library here in town that I've never done. We haven't investigated yet. We're working on getting in there. But like I said, being up in Placerville, I was around that. I was around the antiques. I was around you know the bookstores and stuff like that. Right. Do you think that okay that that there could be attachments too to these books? Like like with that story I told in the beginning where this gentleman was attached to this book. It was a family heirloom book and he kept coming back yeah. to, you know, see it. And when they would come in, they wouldn't see him. They'd see the book floating in the air and then the book would hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, uh, a ghost could be attached to a book. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's actually one of the, one of the stories that I was researching for um, four tomes of terror was actually uh, near Barrie, Ontario. And I'm in, I'm in Ontario, Canada. Sure. And uh, so I'm in the East Coast or East Coast Eastern time zone, mm -hmm. <laughs> whereas I know you're in the Pacific uh, yeah. time zone. And uh, this was, um, I think it was Rivendale Books. I think it was named. It was a used bookstore. And there was a gentleman who went in and bought a historic book. I think it, it was a World War II book. And he brought it back home. And he brought a guest, uh, <laughs> unexpected guest that was attached to that book because. He had it on the nightstand. <clears throat> he woke up in the middle of the night and he saw this man standing by the end of the bed, the same side of the bed that, you know, the nightstand with the book mm -hmm. on it was. 
and he kept seeing the man there in his in his room and he actually brought a priest in and the priest actually uh, you know uh, did did some <laughs> did some work and basically uh, determined um uh, like do I need to exercise this house and he said no this person is attached to the book if you bring the book back to the bookstore the man will go with it and lo and behold he brought the book back to the bookstore and never saw the man standing beside his bed uh, again. So, uh, what was it that attacked? Like, w w was it? Um, uh, did the man die, and his family sort of just donated all his books or sold them to a used bookstore, and and that was maybe a prized possession? Or what was it that attracted him mm -hmm. to that book? I mean, we all have uh, favorite books, right? Especially for book lovers, there's certain uh, certain editions, right? I have a, I have a friend who who buys Howard's End and she buys it anytime she goes into a bookstore, she buys a book because she's always giving it away to friends. Mm -hmm. Now imagine like a first edition or some special version of Howard's End or maybe one she got from her grandmother. Maybe that would be something that she would be attached to for some right. reason. Right. And, and, and a part of her stays with that book. Understood. I remember growing up in the summers because I like to, I like to read a book. You know, for the summer, I would always choose a book, and it was always the same book. I loved Huckleberry Finn, and to this day, I could. And when I had to read it in high school, I said, "I don't have to read the book; I'm good." You know that one inside out, then. <laughs> I can recite it. I can recite it, you know, <laughs> word for word. And but it's something even now that I'll go back when you know when the weather gets hot because I love to go fishing and stuff. So it's all part of that, you know. And so I'll, I will read it uh, to this day, and I still have the same copy I had when I was a kid. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I, lo I love that. I love those stories. So whoever that... gets that book after I die, good luck. Yeah, I'll no kidding. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. So when you started researching all this stuff, um, did, 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 did you find any surprises? Um, I think uh, I wasn't sure what to look for. So here's, here's the thing about haunted bookstores and libraries. Now, I, I've worked in bookstores most of my adult life. I graduated from university in 92 and worked, uh, I mean, the last time I worked in a physical bookstore was 2009. Mm -hmm. um, um, but a couple things that I knew. Uh, and I, I'm, a, I'm a believer, but, I, but I'm also a skeptical believer. So when I go in and I research there has to be something a little bit more than, oh, the books fell off the shelves on their own. Because in, in the climate that I live in, it gets really, really humid in the summer. And one thing I know from working in the bookstores is in the summer, especially when uh, when you work at a store that's not part of a mall, that's sort of you know air conditioned and climate controlled better, but you actually have uh, out, outside uh, access, <laughs> like a street front uh, shop or whatever. And um, paperbacks, uh, paper absorbs water. And when it get really, really humid, when I was living in Ottawa, working in a bookstore, I remember the mass market paperbacks would sit there on the shelf and then they would just kind of expand. And so they would naturally uh, expand in a way that they'd fall off the shelf. Mm -hmm. And so that's not enough for me, uh, that books, I mean, because gravity still works normally. <laughs> books will fall off shelves. Now, books flying off shelves or... In the case of uh, Smith Books, which is was, which was a chain store here in Canada, when a uh, staff member went into the back room, the kids section was sort of the back, and then you, you go through the kids section in the back room, and that's where they do lunch, and they receive the books from the from the uh, shipping dock and stuff. She walked through the kids section; everything was tidy. There was no one in the kids section. She grabbed something. She came back out, and within a minute. The Goosebumps, and you remember those, um, they were always very popular uh, books that we sold uh, to younger readers. There was a stack of Goosebumps in the middle of, of the section, like, you know, a few feet high, and mm -hmm. there was nobody there. She walks there, walks in the back room, comes back out, and bam, they're there. It's not that they fell and they fell right, you know, into a pile. Right. They're right, right dead center in the middle of the section. So it's kind of like, well, how do you explain that? What was that? Mm-hmm. And that's um, so. I, I'm always I'm always looking for the thing that you can't explain through conventional means, like physics and <laughs> and paper, you know, absorbing uh, humidity and stuff like that. So that's that's one of the things I'm always I'm always intrigued by.
Well, see, you're almost a ghost hunter with that because, you know, when we go out, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the logical stuff before we're going to say it's paranormal. Yeah. You're going to look for that logical stuff. And then and when there's something you can't explain, then you've got something going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I mean, in your case, uh, you know, the people you're working with, um, mm -hmm. it gives you credibility because, yes, you're a believer, but you're not looking. For, I mean, you're looking at the evidence. Mm -hmm. And then you're making a judgment based on what could explain this. And you go, that could be this, could be this, could be this. This thing here, uh, I don't know. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's a lot more credible than just believing everything outright, right? <laughs> what is the what would you say is the most haunted bookstore in Ottawa? Um Ottawa. Or anywhere, I anywhere in your book, just yeah. I think I think there was there, and it's no longer a bookstore now, and it's so sad because it was a beautiful. It was the um, the Runnymede uh, chapters. Chapters was like a Barnes and Noble. It was a big box store, and it was an old converted theater that had been converted into a bookstore, and they and they kept the facade of the stage. Right. And, and it was just gorgeous because they still had like this big, massive, gorgeous hall with the ceiling and all of the art on the wall and the, you know, like the, just the, just the thing that made it a classic theater. And there was a legend of a little girl who had died uh, backstage uh, when it was a theater. And sometimes staff members would hear um, the cry. Uh, mm -hmm. of, of of this young girl and they, they couldn't they thought it'd be a lost kid they couldn't find the child and it was just like couldn't find her but they would hear this crying every once in a while they would see this little girl walk around a bookshelf and, and there would be nobody there when they're going to close the store and I think it was what's really sad I think the thing that broke my heart the most writing this book was a lot of the locations I was writing about were no longer bookstores now that's turned around in the last couple of years. A lot of independent bookstores have grown, and there's been new, uh, a lot, a lot of new growth in the last couple of years, which has been fantastic. There's been a lot more support, especially for independently owned uh, businesses and bookstores because of the pandemic. But um, one of the, yeah, one of the, you, I didn't answer the previous question you asked, but I think one of the things that hurt me and surprised me a little was, wow, this is a cool bookstore. I should go visit. Oh, it's not a bookstore anymore. Like it was um, right. what you would call um um trying to think of a, a chain in the u.s that's like a, a pharmacy chain uh, sure, cvs or something yeah yeah cvs or something like that right so the shopper's drug mart here in in ontario and um and and that was the thing that that hurt me the most was uh even even haslam's bookstore in florida which was you know one of the oldest used bookstores in the u.s and the last time i was in st pete florida uh, they, they ended up closing down during the pandemic and they were among the royal family of the American Booksellers Association. Like they have they have legacy that goes back generations mm -hmm. for this gorgeous, gorgeous store. And of course, the ghost of Jack Kerouac, right? Writer uh, who died, right. uh, moved to Florida uh, and died, uh, died young actually. Mm -hmm. But they would often see his ghost. And when I went there, I remember after writing the book, uh, talking to one of the um, uh, cashiers, and I said, hey, you've got copies of Tomes of Terror, one of my books, on the shelf, because Haslam's, I think, is one of the first chapters in the book. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the author. It, it's okay if I sign them. And she goes, oh, that'd be awesome. So she comes around. She, and then while I'm signing the book, she goes, yeah, I saw Jack last week. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, come on. I'll show you where I saw him. And she took me around the store. And it was just, I just, I love that sort of experience. Absolutely. Then when you think about this, when you go in, you think, you know, you're that they're more apt to talk to you because you are into this and you are writing about this. Because I've gone into places, and I'm not saying bookstores per se, but like certain hotels up in the gold country where they they keep a running list for us. And we walk in and it's it's on it's on little papers, it's 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 on napkins, it's on oh, whatever I they have that. on hand oh. at the time, and they just shove me a bit shove a big pile of stuff at me. Oh, I love that. No, you know what? I, I get I get all all of them. I, sometimes, uh, especially in a place like that where I've written about their location. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know when I when I wrote Haunted Hamilton uh, after the book came out, I brought a copy to the owner of the bar of a haunted bar in in, in Hamilton, and she was pretty excited about it. And of course, for the years, because I ended up haunting the place myself, because I ended up moving around the corner and spent a lot of time there. Um, 
she would often mention, you, you know, Mark's written about this place, <laughs> about about the ghost of the winking judge. And so you, you get those where people go, oh, yeah, uh, Mark does this. We're going to share some stuff with them. And then, and then you actually get the other ones who just kind of look at you like you have three heads. <laughs> don't want to share. There have been there have been times where they're like, and sometimes they just don't want to talk about it, which kind of is like makes me even more curious. Like, what right. don't you want to talk about? Right, right, right. What about libraries? Now I know there's there's like there's there's some famous photos that circulate around, even in the United States about you know where they're getting you know these apparitions in libraries. How's the activity in libraries where you're at? Um, well, actually, one of the ones uh, not far from here. Um, so I'm I'm in I'm in Waterloo, Ontario. So uh, if you think of Toronto, Ontario, north of New York, um, I'm I'm uh, about an hour uh, an hour and a bit northwest. And not too far from here in, in Dundas, which is near Hamilton, there was an old uh, building, uh, beautiful location of the Hamilton Public Library. And I had written about it. And uh, one of the most fascinating things was the, the, the elevator was haunted. And one of the reasons that they thought the elevator was haunted was because they had uncovered some tombstones of the founders of the town. And... Uh, they found them when they were doing like like construction and building some stuff, and then the library ended up putting them on display right near the the just two two no a basement and and two stories, and and on one of the tombstones the 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 woman's name is spelled incorrectly too, so that that's another potential <laughs> thing. And what would happen is the elevator had constantly been checked and investigated, and you know repair people would come in, the elevators would go up and down on their own completely. Wow. So it was kind of fun. One hall, like Halloween, I often go and do events at libraries and bookstores and stuff like that, because that's the time people mostly want to hear the things you and I love to hear every day. Right. But <laughs> um, I was there and they closed the library. It was a special event. I was going to share some ghost stories and, and I'll do some true ghost stories and then I'll do some fake ones too, just to you know, turn the lights down low and I'm going to try and get everyone scared and stuff. You do the jump scare stuff with them and everything too, right? Just to get them in the mood for Halloween. Mm -hmm. So we're upstairs. They closed. Like, so people who had uh, registered to come all came in and they're, they're like families. So again, I'm not, not being too scary because there's, there's younger people there. And we're upstairs in the kids section up on the second floor. The library is closed. The doors are locked. All the staff are upstairs and I'm there and we're having a good time and we're talking and sharing and the staff are talking about, you know, how, you know, when they were working and, and they got stuck in the elevator because the elevator was just going up and down and the doors wouldn't open and stuff like that. So they'd shared a few stories. So there we are all just around the corner in the library and, and we we're talking about uh, one of the staff members was sharing one of the, one of her experiences on a, on a Sunday afternoon when there was no one else in the building, but her and a colleague and they were both at the desk and the elevator came down on its own doors open and, and there's nobody inside. As we're standing there talking, you hear the ding of the library as it ascended <laughs> from <laughs> and open. And it was just a perfect timing, scared everyone. And I remember the staff member who was standing there, I, I, you know, Die Hard, this is the time of year that people are talking about, you know, Die Hard, the Christmas movie. Right. In the scene where you see the faces of the people who are, are there when John sends down the, the, the dead terrorist in the Santa outfit. Right. And you see them, you hear the ding, and then you see the eyes open up wide. I saw the one staff member as I saw the ding, because she heard the ding turned and, and the, the doors open. So she she was one of the only people who could see the elevator. <laughs> it was just it was like one of those moments. I was like, oh, my God, I was here when it happened. That was, <laughs> that was That's unique. Wild. That's wild. What story really strikes you the most? You know what, that that you've looked at. What what story strikes you the most is, is maybe being the most active. Uh, I I think I mean uh, Jack Kerouac's ghost uh, in Haslam's bookstore was interesting because I worked in bookstores, and um, and one of the things that uh, Kerouac would do is he would get in fights with the manager, and mm -hmm. he would take his books. Um, and so, so you come into a bookstore and you see like the books behind me, they're all spined and you usually only do a facing when you have four or five of a book, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get an author who'd come in, take their book and face it on the top shelf in front of three other books out of alphabetical order. Cause they just wanted their book to be visible. Absolutely. And, and that's frustrating because 
as a bookseller, you're like, you're going off alphabetical order. You see the computer system, you know, you have one, but you can't find it because it's been moved somewhere. <laughs> That's really frustrating. It happened to me thousands of times in my career, but we would get authors who would come in and do that. They go, well, my book's down on, on the, on the lower shelf because of alphabetical order. And then they would take them and put them up top. Sure. And, um, and that's annoying. <laughs> um, Kerouac used to do that all the time. And so after he died, staff uh, claimed that the books were moving themselves the way he used to come in and move the books. And every once in a while, they would see him just like dashing around the corner as if he was, he'd just moved some books and it was just taken off. And wow. so that was, that was the most fascinating one. Uh, actually, there's so many of them. Uh, one of the other ones is the Willard Library in in uh, Illinois, and that's the one where they actually have the 24-hour ghost cam, yep, where phone, you can yeah. go live on their website, and, uh, and and again, it's the basement, the kids' section that's the most haunted, and, and you live, and they have a way you can take a screenshot, and then you can, like, circle, hey, look, what I what is this? <laughs> and people right. share them all the time. I love the fact that anyone can be you know, I'm a safe investigator from here in Waterloo, Ontario. I can in investigate the ghosts without having to be brave enough to be in the library after hours. Um, what do you think is in the Willard Library, in your opinion? <clears throat> um, I think uh, I think the, there's a story of um, well, a custodian, I believe, uh, when it was a when it was a a larger building. I think it was the, the custodian who had died in in the building and some people believe he's a custodian but there are people who see uh specters of a female ghost and i'm trying i honestly sorry because i've written, oh, <laughs> written this book so long ago trying to remember who they believe the woman in yeah, white was yeah don't worry about it yeah don't worry about it yeah i just find it interesting i just you know i guess maybe maybe i guess you know when you pass away and you're so into books that that, that that's your island that's where you want to be you know you yeah. want to be in a place where you can have access to all these books um, yeah. Can you tell us some stories about your area? You know, different bookstores and 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 libraries and stuff. Um, unfortunately, in my area, in the general vicinity, there aren't any okay. haunted uh, libraries or bookstores. But I can tell you one. So I travel a lot uh, as a writer. Mm -hmm. uh, I go and I teach a lot of workshops and stuff like that. And I, and this is going to take you to your time zone, but it's in uh, Lincoln City, uh, Oregon. Okay. And I was there for a writer's workshop and we were sitting around at night one night and after, after the workshops were over, we were all kind of like drinking and chatting and stuff. And I remember one of the writers said, Oh, you've written a book about haunted uh, or no, I was working on, I was working on Tomes of Terror because mm -hmm. this ended up getting into the book. And she goes, Oh my God, you got to talk to so-and-so. She's the owner of Bob's beach books. And Lincoln city's a town of maybe 7,000 people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a, what a three hour drive from Portland. It's right on the coast, and then of course in the summer it's like twenty thousand uh, people because it's obviously a, a touristy place. And Bob's Beach Books is this beautiful building right on the on the main drag uh, in downtown Lincoln City, and it's just a small shop with um, you come in the desk is right at the front, mm -hmm. and you go in and there's some some shelves here. You go up a couple steps. And then you've got just, just a few, like you can go over that way a little bit and go and hide behind some shelves this way. And there's some other shelves that way. And so there's only one way in and out of the bookstore. And that's right by the desk, right by the front door. And anyways, uh, I, I was told about, you got to go talk to the manager. So I, the next day <clears throat> during the lunch break, I rushed into my rental car and I drove down and I, and I went and talked to the manager. And sure enough, she relayed this story to me. So she's working in this um, lovely older couple. They they kind of look like they may be retired professors from some college somewhere, you know, just just the way that they're dressed and their mannerisms and stuff. And they come in and and uh, they walk in and she says, "Can I help you?" She goes, "No, no, we're we're good." And so they they're they're looking around the store and they're just search and it, it's not like they're searching for a book. They seem to be searching for something else. And she's you know minding her own business, doing inventory stuff like that, and. And then after a while, she's like, okay, they've been here for a while. She, she goes over and says, can I, um, can I help you find uh, something like, is, is there a book? She said, they said, well, we're not looking for a book. We're looking for the portal. And she said, what? They said, we're looking for the portal to Lemuria. Uh, and it's like a, 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 
a place like Atlantis that uh, uh, allegedly exists. And they said that their documents, the research that they had done, had pointed them to this location and that this portal to that land out in the Pacific somewhere was here. And she's not sure what to do. She's like, well, okay, good luck. I'll be over here if you need me. She goes back to the desk. She can kind of hear them talking in the back and wandering around in the back. And and then at some point she realizes it's silent mm -hmm. and she can't hear anything. And for the life of her, she has no idea how they get, if they got out of the store, like if there was a logical reason, how they could have gotten past her without her seeing them. Uh, but they disappeared and she never saw them again. And so she wondered, did they find it? <laughs> and is, is the portal somewhere, somewhere in that store? So that one, that one fascinated me because it was one of those ones I, I had no idea. And, and again, it's not a ghost story. It's a paranormal, right. unexplainable, like right, what right, was right. that thing? Uh, but hey, a, a, a library or a bookstore being a portal to another world? Of course, that makes yeah, sense. Why not? <laughs> Kind of like Narnia, just open the open the door, you know, out you go. Exactly. I was just thinking, I'm I, I, I'm a big fan of the book, The Ghost of Flight 401, with John G. Fuller, by John G. Fuller. He tells the story of going on a, on an author's retreat. I think it was like up in the Catskills or someplace, and they were staying in these little these little cottages, and this had been used for years, hundreds of years by by different authors. And I forget who the, he happened to be in one, and I forget who the poet was. It was a famous poet. And they decided to have a, um, a Ouija board session. Oh, no. In this room. And so they, they're having this session. And allegedly, I'm saying allegedly now, they contacted her. And what freaked, what freaked him out was after having this short conversation with her, he, they said, well, can we see you? And the response came across, yes, if you blow out the lights. Oh, no. <laughs> and they went to each other and went, blow out the lights. And then it dawned on them. And then they're like, no, nope, let's turn everything back on. We're done. No. Nope. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, you know, when you tell me these stories, that's what it reminds me of. These authors are just hanging around because that, that's their thing. You know, yeah, to, yeah. That's where the, the, they're, they're the happiest. Oh, and, why, and like you say in the last story, why not a portal? I agree with you 100%. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it just it just makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, when you do a a book or you're writing a book about this stuff, how do you go about uh, getting the information and putting it all together? So, um, uh, books, um, newspaper articles, uh, magazine articles, uh, folks like yourself who've done research, you know, um, checking out. Um, if they have a blog and they're sharing, uh, and usually if I could try to contact them to see if I can interview them and get mm -hmm. some more details, maybe they've done, oftentimes they've done like investigations that maybe they haven't written about. Right. So, and then, I mean, the other thing I do is, uh, on my website, I'll post a form that, um, people can go and say, I'm looking for stories, uh, about hospitals, or I'm looking for stories about this area. Mm -hmm. And ask people to share what kind of story. Is it something that happened to them? Is it something that happened to someone that they know? Is it is it something they've heard of and they're just trying to, you know, send a tip? Um, and then I even ask things like, you know, uh, you put your name and now can I use your name, first name, full name? Do you want me to anonymize you in the story? Protect your innocence. Can I email you? Can I call you? Because oftentimes when people share a story like that, I find they don't give me enough. They share one or two lines. Hey, I was in a bookstore and it was haunted and I saw this weird thing and it was scary. And then and you go, well, that's not a chapter. I need mm -hmm. to I need to potentially get some more questions. Well, what what time of day was it? What was it? Yeah, was it a, a, a an adult ghost, a child ghost, a male, a female? Did you did you hear anything? What was the like? Just asking. So sometimes talking through some of that helps me flesh out the story. And then, ironically, many of the stories come. When I'm at book signings, because when I'm there, and I have a, I have a life size skeleton. Actually, I should have brought Barnaby in from the car. Uh, he's in he's in the car. I have a, but Barnaby Bones is a life size skeletal companion, and often I just keep him in the car now because when I do a book event or whatever, he's there. I just bring him in with me, um, <clears throat> and 
I'm usually sitting there at a bookstore with Barnaby. And, and the reason I do this is, is kind of twofold. I mean, I started off with York and some skulls that were put on the table. It was bigger, uh, a little bit more fun. And he does one of two things. Um, if people are into, if they're into spooky stuff and ghost stories, they see in there because they know what I'm all about, and they're that's my jam, right? Let's check this out. Cool, awesome. I'm here, let's do it. People who aren't into that are going to avoid making eye contact with the crazy bald man sitting with a skeleton, and so it tells them, Not your cup of tea, walk in the other direction, don't make eye contact with this guy. So it kind of attracts the right people. Uh, but one of the things that happens is at uh, when I do talks at libraries and stuff like that, or book signings. Oftentimes, someone will linger around till the end of the talk and go, listen, um, can I share something with you? I'm kind of embarrassed, but I've had this weird experience I can't explain. And I'm like, ooh, and I get out my notepad. <laughs> can I write this down? Um, and, and it'll happen at book, uh, book events where I'll say, here's my email. We should like maybe go for a coffee or maybe you can email or we can have a conversation. So I, I'd like to you know, record it so, uh, so I, I have better information than my my very poor memory. Um, but a lot of the stories end up coming from, from those events. And it's always like a little creepy, a little weird, but also and the other thing too, is I'm not judging people when they share the story. Like they, they feel they can share it with somebody who's going to believe them. Not like sometimes they, they'll say, tell it to a friend in the front, like, Oh, you, you're drunk. What's wrong with you? Like you're something wrong with you. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge them. Uh, and then sometimes they'll share a story, and I'll go, "Oh my God, can I use?" It's like, no, you can't use that anywhere. Are you sure? <laughs> I'd love to be able to use it. Here's my email address if you ever change your mind. Um, so that that's also that. And that's actually probably one of the, that's one of the most fun ways I get my stories. Cool, cool, cool. Here's a question: um, Have you had any, you know, these bookstores that you talk to and whatnot? Have you had anybody that 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 liked the stories, you know, that liked the stuff that was going on to the point that they embraced it in their bookstore, you know, and kind of played off of it? Um, I, I'm I'm trying to remember. There was one, and I think it was in Canada. It might have been in Alberta, and it was a bookstore where they actually would uh, light a cigar and put a glass of scotch for the ghost because they knew the ghost liked it, and it was just sort of a. It was kind of like we're just going to live with it, and this will appease the ghost. Um, and they, and they, I think they named, uh, they were, I think they based on the name that, of the person they believed it was, cause it was an old okay. converted house. Yeah. Um, have I seen people who've embraced it other than just sort of accepting that in a lot of cases, uh, and not necessarily with bookstores or libraries, but in a lot of cases, uh, I know there's a haunted theater in, in Sudbury, Ontario, mm -hmm. about six hours North of where I am now, where, uh, Sydney, uh, Sidney Brown was an actor. Uh, he just wanted to be an actor his entire life. He retired. He started getting more involved in the theater. Unfortunately, he died before they got to opening night. It was, it was a big a big thing for him to be in this Sudbury Theater Center performance. And they would see Sidney uh, for years, wandering around backstage. They would hear the footsteps, stuff like that. So they developed a ritual that anyone who works at the theater says hello to Sidney when they arrive. And they say goodbye to Sydney when they leave. And it's like this beautiful acknowledgement of someone they respected and worked with for years. And and even people who don't know Sydney and had never been there, it's this tradition and this ritual. It's kind of like you don't say Macbeth in a theater, you say that Scottish play. It's like, uh, and, and that's one of the things I love about uh, theater people is uh, very much into ritual and, and tradition. And there's something really special about, about that acknowledgement when when you when you acknowledge it's like yes i know you're here and i'm mm -hmm. saying hello to you uh and it becomes and it becomes uh, beautiful rather than scary mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the reason why i asked is because you reminded me with your skeleton that you take around with you that uh, bookstore up in plasterville they have like a basement area which is normal for old buildings because they're built you know on top yeah. of each other and it's right in the middle of the bookstore and they have it sealed off a of glass. But when you walk over there, they've got a skeleton in it. Oh, really? <laughs> so that's why when you said that, I thought. My well, kind of bookstore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. Because it used to be called, I don't know what it's called now. It was called Hidden Passages. 
is what the bookstore was. And oh, that's cool. You walk in there, there's this, there's this dead dude underneath, you know, right where you can see yeah. it, and the chairs are around there, so you can look down on him, you know, or whatever. Um, oh, wow. What's one of the scariest stories that, that you've come across, or are there any? You know, one of the... <laughs> One of the scariest stories was uh, was a haunted uh, hospital. Uh, okay. If it's okay if I share a hospital story, absolutely. But I was um, I was living in Hamilton at the time, had an apartment you know above the haunted bar, <laughs> Winking Judge, and and it was a it was like a midnight to three in the morning kind of radio program, and I was talking i think it was probably talking about the research for tomes of terror i'd only had two previous books out at that point mm-hmm. i remember my, my my girlfriend was uh she, she's she's out for the night right she's got to get up for work in the morning and so she's sleeping um in the other room and i'm sitting in the living room where my where i, I wrote and my uh, computer desk and stuff like that i remember i only had the one de- desk light and i'm, I'm doing this uh, this talk and at the last half of the show was live calling, uh, where people could share their own stories, and and, and 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 the host and I would you know comment on them. And this one gentleman called in to talk about an experience he had at a at a uh, an asylum that he had worked at in in Alberta on um, Canada, and uh, Pinoka uh, Institute, and he had shared a story about this woman who had pretty much lived in in that. Uh, asylum her entire life and um they believe she might have been possessed because every once in a while like she would attack and she was physically she could throw people across the room she would bite they would often have to subdue her with medication and, and and needles and stuff like that just to get her to sleep and weird things would happen like she would complain about the room she was in being ice cold and you would walk in it would be like a meat locker and everything was working. The heater in the room was working, everything. And then they'd move her to another room. And the room she was in would go back to normal temperature. And then the new room she moved into was ice cold. But the freakiest thing was this gentleman was sharing this story. And I remember being so terrified because there I am with the phone in my hand, listening to this story in, in the dark, practically, all the dark around me, and just feeling the goosebumps. But he was working there one night, and he was doing the rounds. <clears throat> and and he um he went into her room to check on her because I just want to check make sure that they're not hurting themselves and stuff like that. And he walked in the room. He said, "Okay," and she was sleeping, but she was standing sleeping. She was standing with her feet on the wall, about three feet off the floor, vertical, like a horizontal into the room. Her hair was hanging down over her face. And she was just levitating there as if she was standing on the wall in her sleep. And he was so freaked out that he backed out of the room, closed the door. He didn't know what to say. He went back to the TV room where some of the other attendants were, were there and didn't say a word to anyone until he shared it on this radio program. Uh, I got a hold of the producers of, of this program afterwards because I wanted to talk to him because I... I knew I was going to be doing a haunted hospitals book. Right. And they gave me, uh, he, he had said it was okay uh, when he called in uh, to give his contact. And so I got a hold of his phone number. I, I reached out to him. Um, uh, about a week and a half later, I got a hold of him. And he said, uh, he, after he had shared that story, uh, someone else who had worked around the same time as him at the same Institute recognized his voice knew like it was the place he didn't give his name or anything and said uh they went up for coffee and shared the story that he saw something very similar in her room except when he walked in the room she was standing sleep standing uh facing him uh with her eyes open and levitating about a foot off the floor (laughs) and again hadn't told anyone until after he heard it on this radio program and and I, it worked out really well to put that in in the book mm-hmm. um, because it was just around the right timing. But I just every time I think about that, um, I just get I get chills just thinking about what it would be like to walk in to a room of, of a woman you suspect there's probably something weird going on, right? And 
what do you do? <laughs> like, you know, if she if she'd fallen out of bed or whatever, you would you would help her get back into the bed. Like that's a normal thing to do, but she's right. standing on the wall or she's levitating in the middle of the room. You're like, I'm just gonna step outside. <laughs> right? Do you that know what kinda... happened to her after her stay or yeah. did she pass away? I, uh, uh he doesn't know because he he after he left and retired, he didn't um He'd never heard. She she eventually passed away, I believe, but there was nothing, um, you know, just the usual weird stuff um, that would happen. But those are the two really freaky incidents that the two of them uh, bonded over. Now, you talked earlier about bringing home an unknown, you know, friend with a book that you purchased. Have you had any other incidents like that? Um. No, no, but I am currently uh, researching. I am researching a, um, a haunted objects book. So, uh, and and again, not just necessarily books, but there are there are books. Um, uh, there there was one. I'm trying, and I can't remember. This was in the U.S. and and there was one of about a haunted book that and it just kept reappearing. It wasn't that there was a ghost attached to it, but the the mm -hmm. book was kind of like. You know, the woman put it in her bag and thought she took it with her and it wasn't there. And they found it back in the room. It was almost like it wanted to go back to the room all the time and they couldn't leave the room. Uh, and I think it was like um, it was like a bed and breakfast that had like books in it. So it wasn't necessarily a bookstore, but that's one I'm going to have to dig into for the next book. What do you think is, is, is the draw for people to like have a bookstore or have a library and and there, and then other people that know about ghosts, then they get drawn into it. What, what do you think that draw is? I honestly think I think the draw is the power, the power of what a book can do for a person. Sure. So imagine, imagine, imagine being a, a spirit who's trapped. Imagine being a spirit who's wandering, who's looking for some purpose, or or trying to to, to grab. A book is something that you can cling to, like we cling to as 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 humans. We we cling to as people. People, I can imagine why would it be any different for a spirit not to want to cling to a book or a location? Um, I, I do remember reading about a librarian. Uh, I think this was in Canada as well. I think it might have been in Ontario. Uh, I'm again with all the stories, you kind of lose track of where or what was where. And this was a retired librarian who. Um, uh, kept returning to work because she loved her job so much. She loved books so much. It's after she passed away, they would occasionally see her walking through the library. Uh, and again, it was just, a, oh, it's, you know, there's Doris. <laughs> you know, it's just Doris loved this place. And, you know, books were her life. So why wouldn't she stay uh, mm -hmm. afterwards? And again, I don't think people were scared. It was more of a comfort to go, yeah, Doris is still with us. Now, you know, we don't have to pay her. <laughs> it's not like she's going to be able to shelve books or anything, but she's still bit, here. Yeah. yeah. That's, you just brought up another thing that I was thinking about. You know, a lot of the stories you hear about libraries and about bookstores, you never hear really anything really negative about the ghosts that are there. Rarely. I mean, the only uh, the only one is like you know the the the, the crying, uh, uh, you know, the little girl crying and stuff like that. But no, it's not. It's it. Yeah. What 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 is it about those stories that are maybe more touching or more uh, intriguing? Um. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to think of. Uh, I haven't think heard of any violent incidents mm -hmm. uh, where people are injured at bookstores or libraries. So that's a. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about some of the library stories, or you know, the the old uh, gentleman that looks like he's uh, you know reading, and then the minute like you make a noise or or whatever, or, or you know, cough or say excuse yeah. me, sir, or whatever, the minute he raises his head and looks at anyone, he disappears. Right, right, right. Um, and so, the, yeah, I mean, that's not. I mean, it's creepy, <laughs> but it's not like he beams like red. Right. You know, right. Right. evil evil red eyes right. and says i'm gonna get you or anything like that it's, it's usually just I mean, if you're gonna check out if you're gonna check out a haunting kids do it do it do it in a bookstore or a library you know because it's not oh gonna my be God, they're safer yes and think of it this way when when we, even when we're alive if we're sitting there at barnes and noble or something and we're, we're sitting there reading books and somebody walks up to you and says can i help you da, 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 you're just like go away i'm reading 
So I mean, it makes more <laughs> sense that you're gonna look up and go later. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm done now. Yeah, I was yeah, I was I'm enjoying done. myself until you interrupted me. <laughs> so when you were working on your book, I mean, how how many book stories did did you insert in the book, and how many did you actually have? Um, I think. For any of the books, like in this particular one, I, I'm just going back to look at the table of contents. Sure. I'm like, um, I don't know. There's probably about maybe 100 stories, maybe 120 stories. But there's probably another 30 or 40 that I'd heard, mm -hmm. but I wasn't able to get enough information to write a chapter on. And that's always frustrating because you're like, oh, this is neat. But this is like one line or one paragraph, and uh, how do I do that? And and that and that's a frustration with all of the books that I write. I hear a story, but I can't, I can't unless unless I potentially try to build it into a longer chapter. I'm like, here are some anecdotes about you know books that are haunted, and there's like a line here and a line there and a line, you know. But that then that that kind of gets. I mean, like I said, you know, when we first started talking. Uh -huh. I think there's something fascinating about the storytelling aspect of sharing a ghost story. It's not just, hey, this thing happened and I saw something freaky. You want a little bit of the backstory. You want to build up some some suspense and you want to share a little bit of, again, maybe because you know I've been a writer my whole life. You want a little bit of a story arc. You don't want to just go, bam. <laughs> You want, you want to ease them into it. And it's like, sit down. I'll get a nice cup of cocoa. Here, I'll get you a nice book you can read. That kind of thing. Absolutely. Have you ever run into any, and I know like this thing I was talking about in Placerville, where some of so, you know some of the activity in there is related to like authors or people that had the books before, but it's also related to, well, you were talking about that theater, for instance, the one that, that was built over the theater. The yeah. stories that are related to, say, the, 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 the building that was there before. Yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was a library somewhere in the U.S. that had been built over a graveyard. Okay. And I believe that that was a case where, yeah, so it's like a, a, a house that was converted or uh, over built over a graveyard. And again, there wasn't anything malicious about the ghosts. There were just mm -hmm. the ghosts were there because of the location. And now it's a bookstore. So it wasn't that the ghosts were drawn to the books. It's that it was just that that was the that was the means. And and I think there was there was at least one or two like that. Some of the ones where I think there were, uh, and and you get this sometimes with libraries where it's a beautiful old house that gets converted, mm -hmm. and it would have been potentially the you know the original owners of the house who potentially still still live there, <laughs> or still live on there in, in different ways. Absolutely. So what's next for you? Um, well, I'm working on uh, I'm working on the uh, um, demonic dolls, uh, screaming skulls, and other haunted objects. That's the, the title of the book. So I'm doing I'm doing research on haunted objects and things that get things that carry uh, potentially uh, ghosts uh, with them. Um, I'm also working on a weird Waterloo. So I live in Waterloo, Ontario, and I have a, a local uh, co-author for that one. And that, and we're just looking for ghost stories about the region here um and then of course i got a, my fiction and i have a canadian werewolf series of fiction titles and so i've got then the very next book coming out is is hex in the city um which is the it's going to be the sixth book in that uh in that series coming out in march so i'm always always pen uh, fingers on keyboard <laughs> ear, ear to the wall wondering what where if i'm going to hear something strange <laughs> to give people an idea because like in the beginning i was talking about california is young compared to a lot of places. How yeah. far back does the history go? Go, go in Canada and, and the different areas. Um, actually, uh, Canada goes back only about as far as the U.S. Uh, maybe okay. a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, you know, we're a little bit younger. Uh -huh. uh, only goes back a few hundred years uh, in terms of you know white people coming in and. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, and and again, when you go to the East Coast, right? When you when you're in New York, when you're in Florida, when you're in uh nova scotia and newfoundland in canada you get a lot more history because people have been there longer because we kind of had to work our way mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, work our way across that being said i mean we do have um we do have indigenous uh ghosts and legends uh as well that that go back thousands uh of years and that's mm -hmm. where you, you know legends of a wendigo and and stuff like that and and i still think that's kind of part of part of Canadian 
uh, you know, folklore and Canadian legends and Canadian, uh, you know, paranormal or, or supernatural or things that we maybe wouldn't explain with science. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mark, I want to thank you for coming on. I would love to have you on again to talk about haunted hospitals and your other books. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. It's uh, always always fun to chat. You make me want to finish my book because I've always been in the process of writing a book and I never finish it, but your enthusiasm makes me want to jump back in and do it. <laughs> hey, button share, fingers on keyboard. There you go. <laughs> no. But yeah, I would love to have you back on again. I'm gonna. It's an open invitation. Oh, thank you so much. I, I will love to return. And how can people find you? Um, you can uh, search Mark Leslie on any online bookstore. I'm at markleslie.ca if you're looking to find links to the various books I've written. Last question. I ask this to everybody. You're standing on the strip in Las Vegas, and there's other authors that have written books similar to yours. Yes. How do you get them to read your book? How do I get other authors to read my book? Well, how do you get people, just people passing by? Oh, just people. Yeah. Um, I usually would want to find a person who likes the kind of thing I write. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I'm the kind of person who would, would just, if I had a copy, I would just give it to them uh, okay. to try and make their day. Like, hey, can I sign this for you? And, and slip it over. I mean, I, I mean, what I want, I really want the person who would really love and enjoy the book. Uh-huh. That's the person that I want to pick up the book. Not someone who's going to read it because they feel sorry for me. Or they, or it was like, oh my God, he keeps nagging me. I guess I'll read his book. I'd rather they read it and go, wow, I had a really fun time with that. Because that's that's the, that's, I wrote it for fun. I, I wrote for fun. I wrote it for, but it was. I mean, if it's not something I'm interested in, I'm not going to spend all those hours working on it. So I want the people reading the book to have as much fun as I had writing it. Okay, fantastic. Again, thank you very much. I hope you have a great holiday. Thanks, you too. Yeah, I will definitely be back in touch with you. Definitely. Excellent. All, right, so good evening. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was really fun. That was really interesting. I mean, I've experienced haunted bookstores and libraries in the past, too, and hospitals. I mean, my mother was over at Kaiser North, and uh, she was in the what they called the, the camellia section, and they found out what I did in my spare time. The nurses had all kinds of stories about ghosts and stuff over in that section. So maybe the next time we have him on, we'll be talking haunted hospitals, right? All right. Tomorrow we're shifting gears. Richard Martini is going to be with us. I've been trying to get Richard on the show for a long time. And uh, if you remember, we had a guest on some time back who channeled the Divine Council for us. It was a really cool interview. Anyway, he has information also about the Divine Council. So we're going to be talking about that. In addition, he's worked with psychics who have channeled celebrities so we're going to get information on people like elvis and Marilyn, and a few others tomorrow so it should be an interesting show but please note that one's going to be at 4 p.m pacific so we're going on two and a half hours we're going yeah two and a half hours earlier tomorrow so that's going to be an early show all right so it's going to be from four to five so just you know put that in your data banks and <laughs> put that in your data banks and smoke it no 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 just put that in your data banks but uh, I'm glad you guys came. I'm, you know, I'm glad everything went well with the internet because uh, you know, it was a big news day, and you know how it gets sometimes with this internet here. But I want to thank you all for coming. If uh, again, if you're watching from Facebook or if you're watching from Facebook, you like the show, please hit that follow button, and be sure to uh, hit the hit the like button as well. If you're watching from YouTube, please uh, hit that little ghost in the bottom right hand corner and hit that subscription button. We've got all kinds of shows, and I think you'll find it find something interesting that appeals to you. I'm a journalist. I don't like to stay on the same ghost, ghostly topics. I like to do other things as well. So you're going to find stuff on, on, on spousal abuse and, and, and stories like that, stories that mean something, stuff on the uh, op- opioid crisis over there and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, get over to our YouTube site and check it out, okay? Anyway, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. We're just trying to get the word out about this show. We're like... You know, we we are like the little show that could. Numbers are rising, boom, 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 and uh, the more you share, the more people watch us. Even even if it's even if it's someone you hate, share it with your little brother. He might be two years old. That's fine. I'm cool with it. But anyway, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. Um, I know everybody's busy. The holidays fast upon us, and uh, yeah, it's a very busy time for people. If you know, if you guys want to send me a, a cake, I'm good. No, I'm kidding. But. Uh, yeah, so I want to thank you all for coming tonight, and I will give you his information and his books, 
and you can check them out on your and, and you know you can check them out at your own pace and all that good stuff. So here we go. I'm closing out and uh, oh yeah, special event. I forgot. Friday evening we've added another show and that's going to be at 8:30 p.m. Pacific, and uh, we are going to be doing a live Christmas light tour. There's an area here in Sacramento called the Fabulous Forties. And in this area, people, uh, this area was built before the Great Depression. And at that point, these houses were considered mansions back in the old days. And so they're, they're very well kept up now. And the whole area really, really goes all out. So we're going to be doing a, a tour of that and we're going to be out live. So uh, be sure to check that out on Friday night. That'll be after our regular show with Nancy Matz. Okay. Anyway, so here we go. I'm going to close the show off. And here we go. His website is marklesley.ca. And we've got books. we got Haunted Hamilton, Haunted Hospitals. I Death and Spooky Sudbury. You've got Tomes Terror. Tomes of Terror, and Macabre Montreal. And those are available at Amazon, or check out his website. Alrighty, I'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Pacific. Have a great evening, you guys.